All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we continue our Wong Kar Wyathon with Fallen Angels, directed by, of course, Wong Kar Wai, starring Leon Lai, Michelle Rice, Takeshi Kaneshiro, Charlie Yong, and Karen Mock. I definitely butchered most of those names, but <laughs> knowing that Wong Kar Wai has been trending for the past decade being a trending director on twitter tumblr all that the screenshots especially for this movie fallen angels the screenshots of the scenes from the film carmella what were your expectations your context and what did you know about fallen angels before watching the movie i definitely thought this movie was gonna be a vibe just coming from you know in the mood for love and chunking I think it was Sophia who told us that Fallen Angels was like supposed to be the third story from Chunking. So I wanted to, I was expecting like a way for them to connect somehow, like more closely. But yeah, beyond that, like it was like mainly the Tumblr photos. I feel like I've been seeing that screenshot since like Tumblr days, which is like over 10 years now and it's been um, recycling like it recycles like every week i see the same thing like all those like yeah film twitter accounts or like you know like letterbox or thing the twitter account would like post it that one girl that you know would post about it and, and you know it's all it's all <laughs> over the place it just it continues to be a vibe at like 20 years later or more than 20 years later 1993 23 years later 22 years later yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy. So I I know I knew this movie had like some staying power and like I don't know I didn't know what to expect from the story at all. I feel like I never know what to expect from Wong Kar Wai for like a story, but I knew like it was just gonna be like dripping and like vibe. Like that's really it. But yeah, what about you? Did you expect anything like specific, or was it mainly just like things you'd expect from like Wong Kar Wai, like his cinematography and like a really good soundtrack i mean yeah obviously i was expecting that i was expecting you know his mixture of things to get in there but also like i was hearing too like a lot of people's favorites was fallen angels a lot of people were like yeah out of really? out of like the top three you know out of like the trending three uh in the mood for love chunking express fallen angels a lot of people that i've talked to said that this was their favorite and i think someone on instagram too also said it was their favorite and asked us if we watched it yet I don't remember who it was, oh, but someone yeah, someone yeah. like commented and like that's what I've been hearing. And I, I also knew that like this particular film was more actiony than the rest. Uh, as regards to story, like yeah. I I could never even guess it. Like in the Moon for Love, I couldn't guess what the story is about. I could guess it was like about love, but like not in the sense of having this this experiment of being that fly on the wall for these two people. And then Chunking Express too, I didn't I didn't know what it was gonna be about either. Like all of a sudden this this girl's a more prominent figure in this guy's life than he even knows. Like it's just like a it's stories that like I wouldn't expect to be told, um, especially for something for that uh, that's like trending in a wide sense. Like you would expect it to be something more digestible. I think a lot of Wong Kar Wai's stories and movies are very are very like loved or not liked, like kind of like a dividing line just because of some of the story and the content that people may or may not understand. Um, I think for this one too, especially Fallen Angels is something that we might be experiencing when we talk about it. But yeah, for the most part, I just knew like this is like one of the favorites. I knew it was more action-y. I also did hear from Sophia or someone else that 
this was supposed to be connected with the Chunking Express stories. The only things I always ever see with Wong Kar Wai movies before I watch it is, of course, like the screenshots, the screen caps, the, the constant trending images of a certain character, a certain scene, and then maybe some person will turn it into like this mood board tumblr-esque picture where it says like some some corny t- text over it like I, I wish i'd love like this or something something very random i feel like i've seen that since like you said tumblr and recycled throughout the years when we go through social media but for me i was like i was pretty excited and i think uh when we first watched it all together it was really fun too just having our little our little gang watch it all together and having uh one car y shirts on but yeah before we get into it this movie is 22 years old <laughs> So if you haven't watched it and you don't want it to be spoiled for yourself, pause the episode here. If you don't want to be spoiled for yourself for a reason, go right ahead and keep listening. But you had 22 years. You had since 1995 to watch the film. So who, whose fault? I hear, really? Who's, whose fault is it, really? But with that, Carmelo, do you want to give a little plot summary of the film Fallen Angels? This Hong Kong set crime drama follows the lives of a hitman hoping to get out of the business and his elusive female partner. Whoa! <laughs> That's the elusive female partner. So yeah, I guess we'll get into it. How did you feel about this movie? How do you feel about it connecting with the Chunking Express stories? And as regards to the three we've watched in The Mood for Love, Chunking, and Fallen Angels, where does it fall in there? We'll start it off with that. That's a lot of questions. Um <laughs> wait hold on okay first one overall feeling of the film obviously like how did you feel about it i liked the story like in a sense where it felt like the most unstructured out of like the three like i i did enjoy that i like that it takes place like only at night it's just it's just very deeply entrenched in like this like grungy texture these like very dirty like places these violent like feelings and like all of that like sexually charged with loneliness and hopelessness and i think all of those words and that art direction just like are beautifully combined with the main two types of like lenses that Wong Kar Wai uses which is a wide lens and this like close-up handheld and I think the contrast between those two shots are just insane like it's crazy how he like shows you characters so up close to the point where it's like claustrophobic but you still feel so far away from them because they're so abstract and like very mysterious and even by the end like even though you hear like their inner thoughts and like monologues like you still don't really know any of them like that well but that was like kind of the point like this these are like people you encounter and like they're like almost like creatures of the night that you'll never see again in like the daylight but i think all that being said like i enjoyed this movie like for like the art direction like most of all but i think in terms of like emotional connection like this is like my second viewing i think the first time i i really really enjoyed it like from like an artistic standpoint and then my second viewing, I was, like, trying to, like, connect with it more emotionally, but there was just, like, a disconnect for me there. Like, I couldn't. And I was like, wait, maybe that's the point. Like, I'm not supposed to, like, really feel so much. I'm just trying to, like, maybe I'm supposed to, like, just, I guess, like, gather, like, sketches of these people in my head and, like, just kind of let them go. I don't know. What do you think about that <laughs> That take? So, yeah, we were talking about that, actually, before we started recording, about how, like, the second time you felt kind of distracted 
almost like disconnected at some point and i was like okay hold that thought before you say anything like make sure you remember that and say it in the episode because like you said this movie is very almost freestyle carmelo was like oh we should freestyle this episode so we have no <laughs> outline whatsoever so i was like okay just like keep that in your head we'll talk about it later and um the reason why is because i kind of felt the same way i think when i was watching it i wasn't necessarily like trying to connect with it i was more or less like trying to understand it more than i did the first time like i was trying to uh, okay, you know trying yeah. to grasp like some idea that i thought i knew of it when i first watched it and i like even thinking about it now i'm pretty sure the first time i watched it i was just as like jarred and confused as this like the first time but in my head when i was watching it the second time I was like, oh yeah this is like this is like what one guy was trying to say about like the relationships and the human and da, 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 da. like i'm trying to do that <laughs> but then like it like would yeah. prove me wrong or like uh, steer into a different direction where i'm like okay well yeah. it's not about that like what did i think when i first watched it like what like what was i don't know i was like i was distracted more or less of trying to understand it more like try to be that dude that like knew what it was about but as i continued to watch it i was just like man like i don't think i knew <laughs> i think I, I think i had no idea regardless <laughs> the first time second time i had no idea like what this actually was was about or like what it was actually trying to like tell through its stories and i think that's again like sort of the point with not only fallen angels but with something like in the mood for love or chung king where like um in the mood for love was more or less you're a fly on the wall for these for this couple and how they interact with each other knowing that they're being cheated on and then chung king was almost the same process of like just watching these two interact how one person interacts with them not being there how they interact in a certain space how they were interact in a certain location and certain time and that was about it like there wasn't like there's obviously things that i got from it that meant a certain way for me in chunking and also in Root for Love and this as well. But I think trying to give a almost like secular overall meaning and theme to the film was something that I had trouble trying to do because really it's, there really isn't anything that like anyone could like take away from this. That's broadly going to be accepted by everyone. I think everyone's going to have a different opinion and a different viewpoint of it. And when I looked up like <laughs> fallen angels explained, you know, deep dive, <laughs> even then uh-huh. like a lot of this, yeah, what came up? It was like, like I, I, I never, I didn't do that. But I'm curious. <laughs> like I thought it was gonna be a lot, right? You, you would think a, a popular movie like Fallen Angels would have like, you know, many a video, certain articles that explain it. But even when I looked it up, like I'd be listening, I'm like, that's not what it's about. I'd be like, you're so wrong. But like, of course, like, <laughs> you're there's, wrong. Yeah, there's no wrong or right. But like a couple of videos talked about mainly just how it's shot, how he like admires Wong Kar Wai as a director and having this aesthetic behind him. Which is like, oh yeah, I agree with that. Like, I think especially for Fallen Angels, the uniqueness in this film is is stands out a lot from In the Move for Love or Chung King. And I was like, oh yeah, I agree with that. Um, some guy was talking about how this movie is about having a support system behind you and how that helps you out in the long run. Which I'm like, it's like, uh, I personally what? don't feel. Like- yeah, I was like, what? Like, I, <laughs> I guess he was trying to compare like the the mute guy and his dad. That's the support system. The girl who was in love with the assassin like didn't have a support system, so in turn she like was really sad. I don't know. It was it was something of that nature. Where I'm just like, I don't know. I don't really agree on that. <laughs> I think funny. he said something else that I agreed upon, but I was like, ah, I don't think that's that's why I like. Overall, I don't think that's how I feel as well. So I think just for me, like watching it the second time and like trying to be, you know, uh, the guy that wants to understand everything and thinks they understand everything. I definitely was like at a loss and distracted like yourself where like I was trying to do something where 
it's I was trying to force something I think that wasn't going to really happen mm. right like I think I was just trying to like piece together something and trying to put more meaning towards it and maybe I get more out of that which I feel like didn't wor- obviously doesn't work and I just kind of like put a block in front of me but yeah how, how did you feel about this film sp- supposedly being like that third story for Chung King originally it was meant to be a third part of Chungking Express, but I'm kind of glad it wasn't, to be honest, because the like feelings are, like tonally are just so different, which is not necessarily bad or anything. But I think this each story would have like played kind of might have felt like different, like holistically. Like if we saw like one after the other, we'd be like, like whoa, that was like crazy different. Like I don't really know what to think of this movie. Like I don't know. I feel like we'd be more lost in terms of like trying to like choose a favorite maybe like like be worried about like like oh which story did you like best like the first second or third one or whatever i think there's a lot of similarities in between the two like they're both taking place like in this like similar location it's hong kong and like similar locations are like shot and like characters routinely like visit these same places we like follow like characters like super closely and we like are brought into their world and like there's a narrator or like each character narrates their own like inner thoughts but yeah I just admire how like tonally different they are like despite those similarities it was just like I don't know it's like really cool to see a director do different versions basically of like his work and like just like admire it from afar and like look at it like as a collection and it's like damn that's that's just so cool like him like spitting out like three different vibes and it's like but it's like all very consistent and like uniquely but they're all very uniquely different from each other um he uses like similar techniques in terms of like the camera and the step printing with like the blurry images and whatnot but they're all used like a little differently yeah i don't know i feel like when you said like wonkar why like or when you googled like this movie explained all anyone could talk about was like the technicalities and the camera and like the directing i feel like i don't blame them just because like the story is like so hard to grasp and like the characters are so hard to grasp and they're so abstract and i was kind of like you like my first time viewing this movie where i was like trying to like insert meaning into like <laughs> certain like aspects of the story but at a point i was just like wait i don't think that's what i'm supposed to be doing i think i'm just supposed to experience this movie like just like and not like think too hard about anything but I guess, like, leading up to that, like, I guess I want to ask you, like, how did this movie ultimately make you feel? Damn, that's pretty deep. Uh, that's very, uh, that's very, <laughs> very therapist of you as well. Like, how did, how did this movie make you feel? <laughs> I guess I'll go through it, like, through viewings, because, um, so I guess the first time around watching it, again, I was trying to be the guy, like, kind of trying to understand it, but I quickly, like, dropped that for the first time. For whatever reason, the first viewing, I, I had it. I had to understand, I knew what to do first viewing. You had it. Yeah, I was like, I knew. I was like, ah, you know, just let me let me have fun with it. But for me, like, I think for the first time viewing it, it felt more about a movie about loneliness than it did about love. I think I was, I was mm. very like, uh, I agree. For the first and also the second time viewing, I was also just, I was, it was very jarring for me to watch. I think um, it was what something do you that mean? it was like it it was jarring for me because right we we I think for the first time too we watched like chunking then this movie so it's like. Oh, like mm-hmm. California yeah. dream, bright lights. <laughs> like, oh, when uh, where are you gonna take me next? Super kind of happy. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and then like, really? 
coming into this film it's like i like i said this is my like letterbox but like it feels like the evil twin of chunking where it's all the same thing not the same thing but it's all the same style same techniques you know step printing close-ups of the face and the handheld like shaky cam and and falling and everything was there but it was used in such a different way where i'm like oh my god like <laughs> like it's one so violent and two like it feels like a world that like doesn't exist right you have like this assassin shooting people like point blank and the people can't shoot him back until he ultimately dies um you have like this mute person essentially terrorizing the town and like terrorizing these people that don't want him there and then you're like why isn't anyone doing anything about this why isn't he like actually in jail why isn't he get his ass beat why isn't he getting killed and then you have this like random blonde wigged character that shows up at a mcdonald's sits down next to like the main assassin and you're like who the who the hell is this like what's what's this happening here what is uh what is this and i was like very jarred by that i was like very very shocked by how a technique used for like love and and something more warm and emotional became used for something that was like very very fast-paced very very heartless very you know lustful in a sense too like it was used in a different way like where i'm like whoa is this like i know this is the same director but it's such a different uh, subject material where i'm just like whoa this is crazy like this feels like a alternate world that he's made after chunking express um and for the question of like how i felt it being third chunking i like would not mind it being attached to it i would like if that was the case though like i wish if it wasn't attached like at least the two stories would be separate so it'd be kind of like this triad of of stories because even like when i first watched chunking i was kind of confused with like the two stories of like how that connected so i guess like if you were to connect this one to the triad and, and kind of complete that it would al- almost make more sense to me to be like oh it's three separate stories three separate things but also, I'm also very grateful because I love Fallen Angels. I love this movie where, like, I am glad that it's its own thing because it became something that, like, is its own entity. Like, if I watch this, I feel like if I watch this, the third the third part of Chunking, I feel like it wouldn't have the same effect on me as it does now where it's a standalone film. It changes the pace for Wong Kar Wai. And not, not only that, too, like, when we talk about techniques and, and styles and aesthetics, like, I think... Even in this film too, Wong Kar Wai knows he's like, okay, I, so I use step printing check. I use, you know, handy cam check, shaky cam check. What else can I use next? And he goes like, oh, black and white. He uses like black and white and like a couple of these scenes. And like he uses techniques that like we haven't seen before and it kind of amplifies it in a way. But yeah, just watching this film and kind of like thinking about like chunking and, and the mood for love. I'm just like, damn, this is so different. This is like, it's still the same, you know about a part of love and in and, and that aspect but seeing it be used in a different way was like just so crazy to me and that's where i was like damn this is like i like this a lot like i kind of love this film for doing something that flips on its head for being so different honestly because of course like he, he could have just went the safe route did like you know casted fei wong again casted you know leon and then kind of have a safe peaceful story but this one was so on its like <laughs> flipped on its head where it's just like oh my god but yeah, to like I guess to go back to like how I felt was just like just so kind of amazed too at what Wong Kar Wai did with those three or did with this and then comparatively to the other two. I was more or less amazed by that and also just like kind of tripping. I was like <laughs> like this this movie's kind of wild. This movie's kind of crazy. I don't understand any of it, but it's fun. And even like in the end where I did start to understand and grasp some things like damn, that's like that's so cool. I really love this film. But yeah, how did you feel, I guess, both times watching Fallen Angels? I definitely agree with what you said in the beginning when you said this movie is 
more about loneliness than it is about love and like thinking about his other two movies like Chunking and In the Move for Love I'm like to me is it easier to understand in his world than it is to understand like heartbreak and loneliness like I don't know like why was this movie like so much like less emotionally like or like we weren't really able to connect with it as emotionally and I'm like I feel like we've all felt like loneliness before, you know, but just because it it's like depicted in this like way where it's like super chaotic, like very violent, like kind of like sexually charged, like I'm like, oh, is this like the loneliness we're not like super familiar with? <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. Are we too too too, too much of a prude to understand any of these things? <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh, like, wait. I do want to touch upon, like, racy scenes of, I don't think she actually, like, had a name in the movie, but the woman, like, masturbating. And, like, I think the first time I saw that, like, when we first viewed it, I was, like, really turned off by it because I was like, this is so random. Like, what, <laughs> like, is going on? Like, also, she's, like, just rubbing, like, anyways, like, she's, like... <laughs> It's just like not even depicted. You're about to, you're about to go like, into semantics accurate. of it. It's like, how does that work out? It's, I was just like, this is not even accurate, first of all. And like, it's not the right technique. Okay? I think I forgave it a little more Like when I'm like putting the pieces together. Like Obviously, she masturbates on the checkered blanket or on the checkered like sheets that he's on because she's like in love with him, basically. And like masturbates a second time like while crying because he like broke up with her and yeah so I'm like okay like she's even in the movie she's like oh I'm really like I'm a really practical person like I know how to satisfy myself and shit like that and I'm like okay cool like that good for you but she's like only doing it in the context like of another dude and I'm just like this is such like a male gaze shit like male gaze thing like, this is, like, every dude's, like, wet dream. Sorry if it's not yours, but, like, I'm just, like, this is every dude's wet dream. Like, of course, like, a ton of people will, en- or a ton of guys or whoever will enjoy this. Like, the, um, Leon lies, like, portraying a guy, like, every girl is, like, fawning over him. He's, like, breaking up with all of them. He's just, like, oh, I just want to, like, I just want to live a life free of violence and, like, sex, you know? He's, like, that's not the type of girl that I want to go for. And it's, like, this super hot, like, girl and, like, this other, like, really pretty girl. And he's, like, oh, I don't want either of them. And I'm, like, oh, this is such a male fantasy right here. Women, like, crying over you, masturbating over you, yelling after you. Like, I don't know. This is a whole other subject, but I did want to bring it up just from my point of view. It doesn't make me like the movie any less, but it is something that I'm like wholly aware of. And I'm like, oh, this girl is existing to like (laughs) basically make, basically be heartbroken about this dude. It's expressed in a way where it's like, oh, this is supposed to be satisfying for her, but she's not doing it for her own pleasure she's doing it because of another guy i don't know anyways if you have any thoughts on this i would love to hear them but if you don't that's also okay i guess this movie didn't really pass the bechtel test which is like the test that like a woman can't like talk about a man in a movie or something like that right 
Isn't that what it is? Yeah, I don't think a woman talks to another woman either in this movie at all. Oh, so the Bechdel she doesn't t- even have a name. <laughs> so with the Bechdel test, it's two two women have to have names and they don't talk about a man. Which uh, in hindsight, she didn't have a name. I think they call the other girl like Blondie, and then like the one that like the mute person meets, she's like always fawning over Johnny, and I believe she doesn't have a name either. Um, so <laughs> surprise, surprise! <laughs> I know. <laughs> The guys have names, like, clearly credited, too. Like, even the hitman, like, it's in the credits, and then the other dude, like, introduces himself. He's like, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm this year, many years old. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, for, you know, for Wong Kar-wai's feminist side, uh, it's not really working out there for uh, Carmella and for the movie in general. Uh, I think for the the idea of this guy being like fond over, I totally get it and see where it's like this very masculine fantasy of like, yeah, I'm this hit man. I kill people and girls want me kind of a thing. But at the, at the same time, I think that's sort of the story that Wong Kar Wai is trying to go with. It's this like, you know, lonely drifter assassin guy, you know, money isn't always, you know, coming in. So I got to do uh, debt collecting. Pew, 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 pew oh yeah i'm going to this mcdonald's where i met this smoking hot blonde girl like it's like very much like a drifter assassin guy that like falls into the laps of these women you know it's kind of like that typical story of those kind of spies like james bond and all that where he's just walking on his own and you know his these women fall to to his lap and he's like ah i don't want you don't want you either um, so I, I get where it's coming from it is a movie from 1995 and not that's not an excuse whatsoever i'm just saying like it's that sort of viewpoint where no one's actually thinking about like how this is going to look in front of like a feminine audience and the fact that like these people are, are falling into this guy's lap. They're unnamed. They don't have any kind of, they kind of don't have any use other than being that love interest or being a story vehicle for him. But yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. And I understand where like that falls into a problem for people that watch it and kind of don't one emotionally connect with it but also to like have that idea of like well that doesn't happen <laughs> you know like <laughs> that's not actually how it works but yeah I, I totally get where you're coming from yeah i think the thing about the male gaze it feels timeless in a terrible way where <laughs> it always count like on you, it you know it's always gonna be there <laughs> i know like you you mentioned the year you mentioned the year yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like like yes contextually pre what like 2016 or whatever i don't know when people started becoming more or men started becoming more conscious of like i don't know how they depict women it's just like crazy how we have to like i guess view things from that lens or like you you're viewing things from that lens i'm viewing it like i'm not even view i didn't even view it in that way where i'm like oh it's 1995 like one card wise probably depicting women in a different way now like <laughs> i don't holi- think so you're thinking more holistically i think that's why it's different so uh, why i mentioned the time period because i understand where like you're viewing it from an all standing sense where like it's it's not just because of the time it's more or less what's been happening throughout those years before you know people started to understand it so i get where you're coming from but go on yeah 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 i i like that you brought up the time too like contextually i think it's good to understand that as well and like 
I don't know. Like, I don't know how he, like, managed to make a movie like this, but he also managed to make a movie, like, In the Mood for Love, where it's, like, it didn't feel like Maggie was, like, being... <laughs> I'm, like, pointing to, like, the portrait of her on, like, the deck <laughs> on to God. hanging on my wall. Like, pointing to God? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing to my savior, Maggie. Um, yeah, like, she... I think it's because she's, like, not depicted in any, like, type of, like, hyper, like, sexual way. She's not, like... Like, if she is in depicted being in love with, like, Tony Long, like, it's, like, equally reciprocated. Like, it feels very, like much they're on like even grounds in terms of like how they feel about each other and also how they're like framed within the story whereas like fallen angels like obviously like that's like totally different between like each gender like like almost every single woman was like in like psychotic over a dude and then all of the dudes are like minus i forgot his name but the actor's name is takeshi kaneshiro like minus him he's like kind of psychotic but in a different way he's not like actually like fawning over like a woman but he he's like kind of figuring himself out in his life i don't know he's like the chaotic like card in that bunch but yeah i don't know like it's just like crazy to think that one car why like made these two movies and like depicted like each gender in like this positive way and then this like not so positive way but yeah interesting to think about and might subconsciously play into why I don't emotionally connect with this movie as much yeah. as like his other ones. Yeah. I think, I think too, like, is there a chance that like, since it's, you know, this third film that has like, is totally opposite from in the movie for love and chugging express where it shows lustfulness in such an extreme and extreme way and lonely way too, where like when she was also masturbating, it's not like I, thought that was cool either i was kind of like oh it's kind of awkward right like even sophia always mentions the way that she's masturbating and how weird it looks and in my eyes too yeah it looks very weird and it doesn't look like you know (laughs) she's having a fun time if i'm being honest but i think it's again more or less like the idea of her being lonely being fantasizing about this male and it becomes this like weird obsession where she sits in the same spot he, she sits in in the bar she smokes like the same way he does he, she sits in the same spots that he does she goes through her trash like it's this unhealthy obsession with him where it becomes this weird uncomfortable fascination of her you know sexuality and how she lusts after this person that doesn't excuse that every woman in this this film is like crazy about a guy and then the guys are just kind of chill i'm just like trying to picture in a way that like could kind of make sense where of course, Wong Kar Wai can make something so like beautiful and so separate, like in the mood for love, where these two people have these mutual love for each other and, and not be depicted in a in a lustful or sexual way. Uh, along with Chunking too, I don't think Fei Wong was ever portrayed in that way, nor was like any you know love interest or woman in that in those movies were portrayed sexually. But when you get to this this movie, Fallen Angels that seems like you know the evil twin of these films you have like the most lustfulness of these films you have the most crazy people in these films and in this world where everything doesn't seem right it becomes it becomes like a a nature of the world where you have these crazy people and these crazy ways they sort of deal with their loneliness deal with their lustfulness deal with the absence of having that person in their life that they're also chasing they're always chasing after right like i think the mute person and, and the other girl the girl that was looking for johnny and was on the phone they they were just in they're just going crazy like they're trying to find what seems like a fictional woman trying to find what seems like a fictional man 
every time they meet she's talking about johnny and it's this weird like this i think that that part too where she's talking to this guy and we meet her is where like i disconnect from the Wong car wild world like oh, okay this is not the same movie as in the mood for love or chunking this is something that's totally crazy and i feel like that's why it makes sense for me also because i am a male where like these girls that are just crazy and you know like lustfully attached to these people and having these unhealthy obsessions and also being you know showing their sexual side in a crazy way that's why it makes sense to me because like it feels so different from the other movies it feels almost opposite from them and i feel like that's why like you see these girls depicted in such of uh, such a like lower standing apart from like how you know movies today p- portray women and portray you know dodging that bechdel test and being able to do all that stuff so i feel like in my head as a male <laughs> i feel like that's what that's like where i'm rationalizing it we're like okay like i get your point of being like well these women are depicted in this weird way i'm like okay it's i feel like it is because of the nature of this film and how it feels for this film it almost feels like a different world from apart from ours like apart from reality in general we're like these people's actions seem fine there but not to what we're viewing I understand. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, like the, if you view pause. it, <laughs> I understand as a male. Yeah. If you're viewing like this story from just like, uh, even like, like a script level, like you're just like reading what happens kind of thing. Like, you know, like in those moments where she's like masturbating, like she's supposed to be depicted as like, she's lusting after this guy. She's obviously like pretty lonely it felt like she was like sexually like repressed almost to the point where she was just kind of doing this the center of her pleasure was like about this guy that she supposedly like couldn't have and because it was depicted in that way for like four minutes total like those scenes were long honestly they were like really like you said it was like really awkward to watch and like even the way it was depicted, like really bizarre and weird. And like, I think when it, when I first watched it, it like kind of took me out of like even viewing the movie because it felt so out of place. Honestly, like there's a way to depict that same feeling, I guess, but like just not framing a woman on a bed for like two minutes in that sense. Like I'm definitely like saying this like very literally and like, even like down to how like she's framed in the shot but i think it's because that's what it kind of come down comes down to like for the male gaze that is like the first thing i think of when i think about the male gaze is the way like um, megan fox was portrayed in the first transformers movie because i think that is just like such a good example of how fucking michael bay <laughs> literally like first shot of like megan fox is like her boobs but her character is actually like super fully realized and has like a whole personality and a character arc but she's like degraded down into like her body parts and that's all you really remember about her and you don't care about her character So yeah, there's like a ton of value in terms of how you're depicting like women and like because the woman in this movie was depicted in that way for so long. (laughs) I don't know, like these, these are the things I was feeling during that scene. I was like, I feel sorry for her. I feel bad for her. And like, she's obviously sad and lonely and heartbroken. She's seems like desperate for like love, like sexual, like gratification and like all these things and then on the other hand like the guy 
he's depict like his like sexual scenes are like depicted in such a positive way like he's making out with this blonde girl he met at a mcdonald's like he's all over her he's like and then he rejects her and then he comes back for her and like i don't know it's just like the way i think it's the way like sexual pleasure is like depicted between even the two and i know this has to do with the story like one is like obviously more respected than the other hmm yeah, I guess what I get what you're saying. Like, I think the more desperate act and the way that it was portrayed for the girl compared to like how the hitman guy was portrayed. Like, I feel like even thinking about it too, like it was very limited on the sexual scenes. Like, I think the only sexual scenes was the girl, like of course, masturbating, and then I barely even think they showed the hitman guy having sex. It was more or less like him making out and like having fun with this girl and like flirting with her and stuff like that. So I get it in that standpoint where comparatively where it's like the girl mass awkwardly masturbating and the hitman guy making out the blonde girl i see where like that sort of dissection comes into play but also too like i'm thinking about like the first scene in lost in translation where it just shows like scott johanna's butt for like five minutes and it's very awkward very weird and i think sofia coppola is doing that just to like signify the awkwardness of sexualizing this character in that film where after that scene comes along like it's just story and it just becomes something about this couple and what they do and i think that's sort of where like i felt with the hitman girls hitman's girl thing where like it's such an awkward scene this girl masturbating like it's not it's not portrayed in the right way it's not framed right like it's like very awkward and like (laughs) it's it's very long as well it's very unsettling and i think that's sort of where like it's supposed to sit where this lustful act is like very very weird and it makes me feel uncomfortable makes the view uncomfortable in the sense of like creating the atmosphere for this girl's unhealthy relationship again comparatively like the hitman dude's like scot-free of emotion and this girl is like oh my god i can't do it your favorite numbers 13 13 whatever it is like that comparison is very very bad where like that signifies like the girl always being lusting after this person and the males in this movie are just like kind of there and and sort of a vehicle for the story and some aspects of the love interest so i totally get that part and like where that sort of separates it for you especially like how you kind of like disconnected it from it emotionally and disconnected it from like how it makes you feel as regards like how wong kar wai makes a movie about you know in the mood for love with chung king and then comes here and, and creates a story that's one-sidedly woman obsessed person compared to like mutual obsession and mutual love for each other i totally get it i totally get where uh you're coming from yeah, like, and I, I totally understand, like, each of those scenes and, like, each of the way, like, that sexual pleasure is depicted for each character is, like, what makes sense for each character's, like, journey in the story and, like, how they're feeling. And, like, of course, like, Leon Lai is, like, happily making out with, like, some girl because he's, like, he just quit his hitman job. He's, like, I'm finally free. Like, I can, like, you know, make out with whoever I want. He, like, metaphorically got out of like a relationship and like of course this girl is like sadly masturbating to the guy she was in love with and he just broke up with her like i totally get that these things make sense all the only thing i would rewrite is just like the way this woman is depicted like i would i wouldn't do like a close-up of her like sadly like sadly masturbating for two freaking minutes it would be just like a wide far away shot like maybe it's just like an establishing shot of like that apartment they always meet at and her you can see her from the window 
and you can see into the bed and she's like lying there and you can hear faint sounds of maybe her maybe her masturbating and it's just like depicted in like a more lonelier way like you'll understand that from the shot it's like you're so far away from it she's just like alone there like there's just like sounds and you're like almost not quite sure what's happening but you understand the point and i think that that to me like expresses like her loneliness her repression like her lust for this guy like so much more successfully than the freaking close-up of her and the weird ass angle of her just like masturbating for like two minutes straight and then another scene and then another scene of her doing the same thing so much better like than those scenes would do for me to be honest interesting interesting everything could be reframed in a better way can we all agree can we all you know come together to understand <laughs> as male and female but yeah so i mean apart from that too like i think i don't know i think a lot of uh the story about you know kind of like the loneliness especially with the mute guy the mute guy is so fascinating because he he kind of just like floats around you kind of don't understand him and then he like meets that like crazy girl and then goes on you know to continue his 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 antics and then he meets you know the hitman's girl at the end and becomes a story between those two souls meeting and becoming you know that iconic scene well i don't know how do you feel about him how do you feel about the mute guy how do you feel about his story and how it, i guess it connects in this film because that's where like not that i get lost but that's where i'm almost like trying to figure out what he actually means this dude that's mute from like the expired pineapple which is chunking reference but um sort of his his journey through this movie how do you feel about him yeah he he's very interesting and like the way he interacts with like this movie and like his place as a character in this movie is like also really interesting like he feels out of place but also feels in place at the same time exactly yeah that's exactly how it's so weird it's weird it's so weird he yeah to me like thinking about him and like all the other characters he kind of like balances the movie in a sense where it pulls the movie back for like the viewer i guess or for us and like makes us realize like these characters are all just like kind of looking for the right connection or the right type of feeling the right type of connections and they're like they all have like this type of loneliness in common like they're all like kind of searching for a different like life almost like not necessarily the girl but she's like you know she's desiring like this man who like wants to get out of this life but and then this um the mute guys like he he wants to you know just like continue (laughs) harassing people (laughs) and like (laughs) living his life until like it just it's it's crazy how like his character like shifts in the middle after he falls in love and that like completely fucks him up and then his dad dies or no no he falls in love he gets his life together and then his dad dies and then his whole life like is in shambles and he goes back to what he was doing in the beginning but like a little worse and then it weirdly ends on like a high note. Like, I honestly don't really know what to make of him as a character, but I think the second time around, I like understood his character arc a little more because I was like, oh, okay. Like he's kind of like a baby in the beginning and then he like falls in love and then he grows up 
he, he gets heartbroken and then he kind of like gets a job and he grows up and then his dad dies and then like real real life happens to him and then he's kind of like in this like depressed state again and he like falls into like darker violence and like there's like blood and like he he starts off as this like very innocent character and he ends up like this darker like a little more violent person and it's just like man what are you gonna do it's just like <laughs> life gets you that way damned if you do damned if you don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's funny too you pointed that out where I think throughout the whole movie he's a sporadic kid he like goes to different stores does raw shit like harasses people and he doesn't really get any consequence for it he doesn't get hit he doesn't get you know like call the cops on or whatever he kind of just keeps going does what he does but until like that whole process of him growing up falling in love losing his father and that that's sort of towards the end of the film he finally gets a consequence he finally gets hurt he finally is bloody from his actions of being this like sporadic harassing person like he becomes he he actually pays for his actions as an adult he doesn't have his dad anymore he no longer has the girl that he was in love with and he reaps the you know the he he gets the consequences for his actions and being bloodied and and beat up and actually getting hurt apart from like throughout the whole film everyone's like why isn't his getting why isn't he getting his ass beat why are the cops like <laughs> arresting him every day of his life why is he like just floating around and then finally at the end he you know gets hurt faces the consequences faces the fact that he probably has to keep moving because of now he has no father he doesn't have the girl he's in love with and he has to sort of like get back on his feet as an adult as someone that needs to grow up and become someone apart from what he was used to is just like this kid that's just having fun now he's kind of like in in the same spot he was in the beginning of the movie but he's rekindled with this other newfound woman that's also very lonely and kind of has to start over too essentially being jobless loveless they're both in the same area of mind where they kind of just don't know what they're doing so like okay yeah let's hang out let's ride this motorcycle let's take this you know iconic scene uh, and have it posted on Tumblr and Twitter everywhere, and let's have this like final connection for this film. It's it's just so interesting to see you know his character because I love his character. I love him in Chunking too. Fantastic actor. He's really funny. He's really he's just so charismatic too. What a what a what a heartthrob that guy. Um, but it was just fun seeing him go through that journey and and sort of meeting you know crossing the path with the other story, which sort of happens with Chunking and and. And, and Wong Kar Wai movies as well but yeah his character is just so fascinating to me because we spend most of the time with him and and what he's doing what happens to him and how he deals with his loneliness and ultimately his deep deep loneliness losing his father and the person he loves and how he comes back from that but yeah I guess with that I think you already mentioned it but anything else you'd want to rewrite in our little rewriter's corner our freestyle rewriter's corner I I'm good but I'm curious if you do I I really don't know. I think it's especially for a movie like this, like something yeah, that doesn't like, have a clear, you know, plot or idea. Like structure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like this episode, you know, freestyled, right? It's like just <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, Wong Kar Wai doing Wong Kar Wai, you know, and we're doing us. We're just <laughs> we're just talking on the microphone. But for me, like I really don't know. I I don't think I could either, just cause like Obviously, it's a story that is so heartfelt and meant for Wong Kar Wai where I wouldn't even know to even, you know, put to what to change or what to make more sense for myself or the audience. I really wouldn't know. But I guess before we uh, 
close this out carmella where does fallen angels rank on <laughs> the triad of <laughs> movies we've watched and not only that what's next on the wong core wirethon if you had to choose Ooh, um uh, i want to say fallen angels is number three <laughs> gasp <laughs> gasp it's so hard to choose between In the Mood for Love and Chunking for me because they both impacted me in the same, with the same strength, but in a different way <laughs> for both. So it's like, oh, they made, I don't know, like they both made an impression on me. And to me, it's like they're you, pretty like. You bought a deck of one of sense. them. You bought a whole. Sk- I know. Skate- your skateboard, yeah, on your wall. I know. So, like, if I were forced to rank it like I am now, like, I'm going to put. <laughs> forced to rank it? Love. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put In the Mood for Love first because it's the first one i saw (laughs) i know it's the first one i saw it like stayed with me for a long time i was like obsessed with it it's just like very timeless i think um chunking feels the same way i saw it second like i don't know i think i'm just putting them in order of when, I when saw you watched it I know. so like so i'm like is this real a real order but i do feel like fallen angels falls like below those two when did you watch the, in, the move for love again i saw that movie like i want to say like four years ago or five years ago oh okay i think like yeah randomly like on my own and i was like oh my god this movie is freaking amazing <laughs> like holy shit it had the same like draw for me like i saw screenshots of it on tumblr like all over and i was like oh this is that one movie that i saw screenshots of i have no idea what they were about but it looks cool and then i saw it the end and what's next on your one car wireless what movie do you want to watch next i kind of want to see happy together or 2046 because it's supposed to be like a sequel to in the mood for love oh and days of being wild interesting huh that way so it's a 2046 and Days of Wilds will be a sequel to In the Mood for Love? Oh, weird. I wonder if Days of Being Wild is like a prequel and then In the Mood for Love and then 2046. The tagline for 2046 is, are you still in the mood for love? Question mark. <laughs> so I think that's where a sequel for In the Mood for Love. <laughs> are you still in the mood for love? It looks interesting because it looks more science fiction-y and it's set in the future quote-unquote uh um, is that what 2046 is it's in the future i think so <laughs> but yeah so you said 2046 and happy together yeah yeah okay 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 i think um i want to see happy together next or days of being wild or 2046 as well but for my ranking do you do you think you could guess what my ranking is or should i just say it um fallen angels chunking in the mood for love Wow! <laughs> wow! Very, very close. Ooh! Ooh! Um, but if you okay, so it's weird because the first time I was asked this and how I felt after the first watch, it would have been that it would have been Fallen Angels, Chunking, <gasps> and then in the mood for love. But I think you're right where we do we did rewatch this movie kind of too soon because now it's it's Chunking fallen angels pretty close to chunking and then in the mood for love 
I just love Fallen Angels so much because of how different it is. And I, I really, really love that, especially for famous director like Wong Kar Wai. Like, you could have, like, he could have went the safe route, like, you know, like, Quentin Tarantino does essentially the same thing almost. I was I get not the same thing, but he kind of has the same Damn. feel and story <laughs> a, with his that's movies. A hot take. It's yeah. like I know that's why I got to go, you know, re- rewind back before the the Tarantino fans, you know, lynch me. But it's essentially like actiony and crazy, and then you know it has all the fantastic shots and stylistic choices and stuff like that. And I think like even like the the one that kind of strays away from that is like maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Death Proof, where it's a different way of showing the action i think once once upon a time had like zero action essentially except for like the ending he could have went like you know the wes anderson route keep the style you know remix the story a little bit use the same actors which he kind of did same cast almost and kind of keep it safe and i think i really applaud fallen angels and one kawaii especially because of how different it is right it's like this jarring unrealistic world that like no one really understands and people are going crazy and having these crazy things of having a mute person just go through life harassing people and fucking with people this hitman that like kills dozens of people at once gets shot at like two feet away still doesn't get killed it's like a comic book almost like we're watching like this action comic book come to life and it's it's he has like main character energy so he doesn't die and then you have of course like the this this crazy woman that's also in love with him that they essentially don't have any sort of emotional connection. I don't, I don't think they ever talk to each other, but she somehow connects at the end with like the mute person. I don't know. It's just like the different, the differenting things that this film compared to like the three we've watched and the three famous ones, Chunking and, and, and the move for love. I like love and respect this movie so much because of that and how crazy it is. And just like almost off base. Cause it's like you know, something you don't expect especially some choices that you don't agree with all of a sudden like it's in this movie where like oh i wouldn't picture Wong Kar Wai doing that but yeah like i really you mean respecting film. women <laughs> in this one he totally disrespects them that's how you do it but yeah that's sort of why like i really really love this film and the first time watching it i was immediately like yeah this is my top Wong Kar Wai uh, as of right now it's like pretty close to chunking but i think i i like chunking more in this nature maybe i'll watch it again and be like, oh, you know what? Fallen Angels is better. You know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So I can't believe how many Wonka Y films there are. There's like 10 of them that we haven't really heard of. Like we heard of, of course, like the three, 2046, Happy Together and movies like that. But just seeing the list of 10 movies that Wonka Y has is just so fascinating. Like, I don't know. I, I think they, I mean, they eventually got to like kind of fall off, right? Like some of them got to be bad. So I wonder if we're ever going to like run into those or even ever watch those ones. I just saw this one. I want to see his most recent film, which was 2013. And it's a movie about it, man. Oh, really? Wait, what? Yeah. It's a martial arts drama film based on the life story of Wing Chun Grandmaster it, man. What? That's crazy. I know. I'm pretty I'm down like, for that, ooh. too. What the heck? <laughs> Oh no, that one did. That one sounds fascinating. See, we didn't even know Wong Kar Wai did a movie about <laughs> It Man, the famous It Man. But yeah, I guess if you have anything else to say, Carmela, I guess uh, we could sort of wrap it up here as our Wong Kar Wai Fallen Angels episode. My second favorite, Carmela's third favorite, kind of messed up. Can't believe she hated it. Um, but this has been our episode on Fallen Angels. 
Thank you all for listening, everybody. My name is Jocelyn Dicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at Cat Malau. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple. But with those apps, if you could like, comment, subscribe, follow, anything of that nature, that would help us a lot. If you are on the social media, Twitter, Instagram, I don't think we have a Facebook, but if you're on there, liking, commenting, retweeting, reposting, anything of that nature would help us a lot as well. For the people that do that already and interact with us on there, we see you, thank you, and appreciate you. That helps us a lot as well. We also have a program on Spotify called Listener Subscriber, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount, only if you're able to, but of course that helps a lot as well. And with that... Thank you for listening, everybody, and keep on watching for more Wong Kar Wai, I think, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wong Kar Wai. Wai. <laughs> <laughs>